0: Are Locked On Tar Heels,
1: your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hark the sound, it's your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor, make sure you download and subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels Podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. As I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, I teased a little bit that we were going to have a special episode today, and that is exactly what we have. I am doing a crossover episode with Locked on Hawkeyes host Andrew Wade. I'm super excited about it. I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure that you download and subscribe this episode as you gear up for tonight's huge game. Against Iowa. Luca Garza is coming with his best efforts, but there might be some other people we have to keep our eyes on, right? We don't wanna sleep on the Hawkeyes. More importantly, though, I think that Carolina might have the advantage only because of these reasons. So you got to listen to the episode all the way through because it is some exciting content for you. So let's take a listen.
0: We are back with a crossover episode between myself, Andrew Wade, Locked On Hawkeyes, and Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels. We have a very exciting basketball game. I'm sure you usually have a lot of exciting basketball games to cover. This is this is new territory for me uh, since joining the the Lockdown Podcast Network. But we got Hawkeyes versus Tar Heels uh, coming up Tuesday evening. It should be a blast to watch. What are your thoughts initially, Candice?
1: Man, I am super excited to, first of all, be on the show with you, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. But more importantly, to have this ACC-Big Ten matchup. And, you know, oftentimes it's one way. Like, it's either the ACC is really good that year or the Big Ten is, like, having an astronomical year. But this year, it feels like everyone can win any day of the week. (laughs) Like, you can't blink or you're going to have your team sitting in the L column. So I think the Tar Heels are still figuring it out and not having those scrimmages to get under their belt. It's going to be a true test. They just had one against Texas coming off a strong loss last few seconds of the game. But here we are back again, trying to figure out how do we play some freshmen and some young guys that are clearly not as prepared as they should be.
0: Yeah, that is the one advantage. I feel like Iowa has in this game because I look at everything else and Um, I I feel like North Carolina has the advantage athletically, uh, maybe even from a talent perspective in some parts. Um, Iowa definitely has the age gap, though. As we kind of talked about before the show, Um, Iowa is a bunch of, as we talked about, people who are of legal drinking age. And UNC is led by a lot of freshmen. Um, And that comes with the growing pains, especially in a pandemic year like this. That gives Iowa the advantage. One of the things I noticed um, that can happen with younger teams is turnovers can be quite an issue, and it seems like that has been the case for North Carolina. What has been, why is that happening? What has been kind of the problem that has you know caused some of those turnovers?
1: Its just sloppy play? I think it's a little bit of both so you know we saw in the Sanford game they had about 24 turnovers and then in Texas they cleaned it up and had about 14 but honestly when you listen to Roy he's like some of these mistakes are genuinely you're just doing too much like you're trying to facilitate offense trying to create offense you're trying to overdo it and not just play your game so I think these guys just really have to settle in and he's pretty much at the point you know coach Williams saying you can't make excuses for them being freshmen but for so long and so I think this Iowa game is going to be the test of hey can we stop just calling them freshmen and just say he's the point guard out there having to facilitate to get to his bigs is what we're going to have to do
0: yeah um, i might i have to say it's one of my buddies so i have three really good friends who are huge north carolina friends and my one buddy equated it to north carolina is like a monster truck with a five-year-old driving it big powerful <laughs> and run a lot of people over but sometimes the five-year-old crashes because they can't see over the wheel and then grandpa roy gets mad at them
1: that's 100 that's what he
0: equated north carolina to. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll ask you guys, I mean, you have the senior leadership. What do you feel like is essential when you have a senior kind of core or you do have juniors who are ready to step in and you have an incredible player like Luca? What are the things that you guys can kind of see on the floor that might be better than a freshman leading a team?
0: Yeah, I mean, the ability to handle adversity. So uh, anytime you get down, you don't, ha- I mean, a, a senior Latin team like Iowa is going to be able to handle that adversity a little bit better. They're going to be able to handle road games a little bit better and they're going to be able to, I think, have an advantage even more so over freshman led teams in a home court advantage now home court and away court doesn't matter this year so it's not as big of a deal and that kind of takes the edge away from an Iowa team that being said the fact they've been playing together so long they know where each player is going to be at at any given time Um, they understand how to play with each other but what I'm honestly concerned about is that although all those things are true they have not shown me anything offensively in three games now granted they haven't played anyone worth even mentioning um, on this show but typically how Iowa succeeds offensively is inside out. They work through Luca Garza. They feed it into him. He gets triple teamed. He dishes it out to one of, I mean, nine different three point shooters who could probably shoot over 37% this year. Uh, But so far through three games, it's been dumping into Luca and Luca tries to score and it's worked pretty darn well. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he's had three phenomenal games, but I would have liked to see them work that inside out a little better and get those shooters going. And I'm concerned that that, Maybe we haven't kickstarted it yet. And we're gonna go I guess, North Carolina team that has a lot of size and a lot of athleticism to disrupt some of those passing lanes. UNC is what what a top 20 defensive team? You can be freshly well, but that's that's good. And that concerns the hell out of me playing this veteran squad. There's a reason why they are veterans, right? I mean, these are this team is not gonna is not made up of a bunch of NBA players. Luca, Joe Wieskamp, we don't know how some of the younger guys might shake out, but yeah, that, there's a reason for that. And, and part of it is they're not they're not going to be able to match up athletically with UNC, and that really concerns me at the wing position.
1: Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Coming up this week, we are talking ACC Big Ten Challenge as we face Iowa. We're going to have a breakdown of the game. We're going to recap and listen to Roy and some of the players about what they thought about that Tuesday's action. More importantly, we've got to prepare for Miami on the football field. Let's talk to Mac Brown and the coordinators as they prep for another top ten matchup is going to be exciting, but we'll also hear from Mac Brown how are they doing in practice, his midweek presser. Is he excited about it? Is he feeling like the team is locked in? Or does yet another week of them struggling in practice make us all a little nervous? So we'll have that conversation for you. Finally, by Friday, we've got the five key observations. So you always got to come back for that, right? It's a good time. So let's jump right back into this conversation from Locked on Hawkeyes host Andrew Wade and hear about this game that we've got going on tonight against Iowa. Well, you know, when you talk about shooting threes, let me just tell you, Texas pretty much shot that shot out the gym against Carolina and they could not defend the three to save their lives. Uh, Texas was 40% um, from three and Carolina was only 11%. So we're trying to figure out where we're going to get that offense from. Where is there going to be guys who step up and play? You are, you did speak to defense, which Leaky Black, he has been what a lot of people say is the heart of the team. He's not necessarily the guy who's going to score 25 points tonight, but he is going to give you that defensive holds that make you say okay cool at least I know you're playing a role and you're doing it well I think last year's team got such got beat down so much about their rebounds and not getting rebounds so you can definitely worry about that come Tuesday because I know for a fact If Roy has not said anything else, he's like, you're going to get some damn rebounds or you're going to walk back to Chapel Hill. So that is one thing that I think Carolina is really trying to hone in on is getting more touches and more opportunities to score because they're going to need it.
0: Yeah. I mean, leaky black concerned six foot eight at a wing position. Iowa has some size, but that is concerning as hell to me, especially if Iowa tries to go small ball, that'll be one of the interesting developments is it'll, UNC has a lot more size than some of the teams Iowa has played, and Iowa has the ability to go big or small, but if they go big, that really kind of hurts them from a depth perspective, because Jack Nunji, you talked about it before the show, he's a redshirt sophomore, but he's actually a senior in terms of class-wise. He is. I would think he's a better backup for us to come in and spell Luka Garza, come in and spell those four positions, but... North Carolina has some size down low, and that is really concerning to me. And how they're gonna defend Luka, because they have four guys over six foot ten who also have some weight on them. Xavier Tillman, he's you know, for Michigan State, he did a really good job at guarding Luca Garza. What I'm curious about with those four guys, Deron Sharp, Walker Kessler, Garrison Brooks, Armando Backet. I don't know how to say those. Names. Baycott,
1: mm-hmm. Baycott All right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how are they defensively and are they able to play with control? And by that I mean Garza's good at getting people in foul trouble. So that could also be a concern
1: absolutely well i think armando is really good when it comes to defending the ball especially inside but walker is he a lot of people are saying you know early signs it might be too early which i you know it is (laughs) calling him tyler hansborough in the second coming because i think i think it's just because he's caucasian but you know that's uh, another story for another day but i do think that walker once he finds his footing and once he realizes he's seven foot but has to be like use his skill set he is going to be great on the inside too garrison brooks again is a senior leader that has been such a weapon for us on and off the floor and Dayron, he's in that rotation he's probably the most at, most athletic i think of, out of all those guys but he's also one who doesn't know he, he almost like he's tall and doesn't get his body length yet he's still learning on how to kind of play on the floor so he is going to be the one that's going to get in foul trouble but we need him he's an essential i like you know we're using the term essential workers around here like he's an essential player uh, for Carolina's defense. So that'll be interesting to see how Luca kind of handles that. And if the guys really do are able to, you know, be patient and not kind of let Luca give them the works. Cause that's my biggest concern is once Luca gets busy, are they going to be able <laughs> to relax and play their game? We saw that during the Maui invite, but still when you have a guy who is considered one of the best in college basketball, can you play your game still?
0: Yeah. And Luca one of the things I love about Luca is is his work ethic and the big old chip on his shoulder of I need to go out there and show you that I'm the best every single game and he will outwork anyone and I feel like this is a huge test for him right he's gotten he's gotten some notoriety now now he's going up some, against a UNC a historic blue blood type of program in basketball he wants to get his and I think he's going to he always does right he always finds a way to get 20 and 10 um it'll be important to get that but also see how he handles some of the pressure they give to him and whether or not he either tries to get them in foul trouble or kick it out again for those three points shots, um, which the the news about Texas, I I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but that is very exciting because Iowa can shoot the lights (laughs) out of the gym depending on the day. Where Iowa struggles at is when they can't shoot the lights out of the gym and they have to rely on their defense. And that concerns the hell out of me because UNC, again, has turned the ball over a lot, but Iowa doesn't create a lot of turnovers. And I think there's a really good opportunity there for North Carolina to capitalize on a lackluster defense at times. But you talked about the three-point shooting for UNC. Caleb Love, 3 of 19. R.J. Davis, 6 of 13. He's really the only one that, when I look at this, you know, the box score, has been the more of a consistent shooter from three. Um, who are the big scorers, though, for UNC? Who's the guy you want to have the ball when the game is on the line?
1: You know, that's a great question that she, if you hadn't asked me to, but for today, I would be like, of course, this person. But I honestly don't know. I wish I could sit here and tell you, like, yes, this is a guy that I want you to pass her off every single time. And usually I would say give it to the senior, give it to Garrison on the inside. Let's, you know, make something, get get foul trouble off of Iowa but honestly Garrison sometimes can't catch it in the paint he can't catch cold so I just (laughs) (laughs) I get really frustrated do I kick it out to RJ I do think that RJ and Caleb have shown some grown man strength uh, throughout the series again at the Maui invite but I, it's hard to say, you know, it, I don't think they're consistent enough. And I do think that they're still figuring out uh, who's going to be the leader, but I will say it's a lot better than last year. Cause I think a lot last year with Cole Anthony, everyone just like, okay, Cole's the man, we're going to figure it out. He's the one we get it to and kick it to him when in doubt. And then you're like looking around, like who to pass it to, who to facilitate, like everyone just kind of panicked. So when he, he was out, nobody knew. Like, nobody had the person, like, who to go to. Now, I think they're playing a lot more unselfish, and they're just like, whoever has got the shot, take it, we'll have you back with offensive rebound, cool. But I can't pinpoint a one person to do that. I was going to ask you, though, what made Luca not go to a blue blood school and decide to go to an Iowa?
0: Yeah, um, first he was a little bit under-recruited. So, I mean, he he has worked his butt off to get where he's at. I'm going to pull up his recruiting profile, too, just to – confirmed yeah. he wasn't he wasn't a highly rated recruit by him. I think top 200 yeah so he's 118 so he's a, he was a four-star which is pretty solid but I think two things that really stood out and I actually had his dad Frank Garza on the show um, a while back to talk a little bit about nice. Luca and their relationship and all that stuff um, two things a I think the relationship that they built with Fran was phenomenal um, Frank felt like Luca was in good hands being with Fran um, mm-hmm. also he felt like Fran's game really supported what Luca could do from an offensive perspective. Uh, Fran likes to have teams again, that can play inside out, but he likes bigs who can shoot the three. He kind of like the game. Iowa plays a little bit more European in that style, right? You want to be able to shoot the shoot behind the perimeter. You want to have bigs who are athletic who can shoot from three and Luca now is at the point where he can shoot three pointers with the consistency that you expect from a, uh, a, you know, your top three point shooter on your team. And he's, you know, the fifth or sixth option, but he can step out and make it a little bit more difficult for the bigs to guard him. Um, But I I do think that was it. It was the relationship they developed with Fran and the ability to fit into Fran's offense. I think those two things were huge for Luka Garza to join the Iowa Hawkeyes. And obviously, I'm glad he did. Uh, It is great to have him in the program. (laughs) I cannot imagine not having Luka Garza at this point.
1: Okay, but once you have Luca in the game, and let's say he's getting in trouble, he's having an off night. Who are you going to facilitate to to make ensure that that Iowa is still kind of in the conversation throughout the game?
0: Yeah, um, it's Jack Nunge. So if you need to, you know, get Luca out of the game because he's in foul trouble, it's Jack Nunge, a hundred uh, percent. And that's why I'm I'm curious about how Iowa comes into this game. Whether they come out with a lineup that matches up a little bit more with with North Carolina's strengths or their height, I should say, or whether they go a little bit smaller. Cause what they've been doing is starting a six-foot Jordan Bohannon at the point, a six foot three CJ Frederick at the two, a six foot six, I'm a little bit off in these heights, six foot six-ish Joe Wieskamp at the three, and a six foot six Connor McCaffrey at the four. Jack Nungy, six ten, six eleven, um, is a mere, I mean, almost a mirror image of Luca Gars in terms of how he plays the game. Obviously, there's a lot of differences too, but does a really great job of spelling luca garza and france talked about the fact that you know jack has been one of the top graded players since he's joined the program um so jack nunji's the guy who spells luca garza now if you get past those mm-hmm. two guys there's not a lot of depth we have josh ogendelli he's a true freshman only has like two or three minutes hasn't really had a chance to play at this team because he he's from england had some issues getting into the country had some issues mm-hmm. uh with the the pandemic and stuff so if you get past those two guys i was definitely in a small ball type of lineup Now. That being said, they do have Patrick McCaffrey, six foot eight. They have Keegan Murray, a true freshman. He's six foot eight as well, and they have been phenomenal rebounders and you know defensive playmakers. So maybe it's a situation where you get a little bit smaller and you use that athleticism to hopefully slow down your bigs. And that, to me, that's the concern. If Luka Garza gets in foul trouble and Jack Nungey gets in foul trouble, now we're playing small ball lineup. That's kind of my, I guess, my long-winded answer of saying it's Jack Nungey, and after that, we're playing a lot of small ball.
1: You know, it's all good because I think in playing small ball, that is where Carolina is going to have to use their height and use that to their advantage. And if they do not get that early and opted and try and make things happen for their bigs, which they, to me, haven't capitalized on so far this season, then it's going to be a long night. But I feel like at the end of the day, Carolina is going to make this a good game because I this team seems to me like they like to either get down early and see if they can battle back, <laughs> or they like to just keep it, you know, close every point. They'll step up to teams like that. So they see Aluka going off, they're going to want to have that same kind of energy. So it'll be interesting because to me, like you said, you've played three teams that you don't necessarily want to name as great wins, but <laughs> do you can do you Consider this being like, okay, this is our first real test. Because to me, we've had Stanford, we've had Texas, we've been tested, right? So I think, okay, this is just another notch on the belt as we gear up for one one more game against Ohio State, and then we're right into ACC play. So do you feel like this is the first game that y'all are like, okay, what are, what are we as a team? Who are we as a team, rather?
0: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, let, let me explain to you. We played Western Illinois our last game, and I didn't want to name them, but- <laughs> they they went 5 and 23 last year with two of those wins coming against non D1 programs. They lost all of their starters, their three of their next four guys in. They had a couple grad or a couple transfers in and almost entirely freshmen. That's how mm. bad this team is. They had no one over 6 foot 8. I mean, like, that is just asking Luca Garza to just go off on them. So the teams right. I was playing, I mean, uh, the game, Southern University, I don't even know where that's located. I think it's in Mississippi. It's um, in Louisiana. Louisiana <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I knew it was south. I knew it was one of those states. But, like, I didn't even know where Southern, Southern University was. Um, yeah. I'm drawing a blank on the team. They, it doesn't really matter. None of these teams have really – honestly mattered uh in the the grand scheme of things yeah unc is the first test iowa has and then they get iowa state not a good team this year but still a big time game for iowa and then gonzaga so um we're going to find out very quickly how iowa can handle a team that is more athletic than them and again that is Mm -hmm. my biggest concern iowa's guards are talented they're great shooters they're you know they're solid with the ball but they're not athletic So they're not going to beat you in a one-on-one. They're not going to beat a Caleb Love or an R.J. Davis in a one-on-one, in my opinion. So how does Iowa get those guys open? Um, That'll be a big test to me.
1: Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go gives me the kick to keep me going strong with B6 and B12 vitamins. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on my stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code ALOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're jumping into the final thoughts of this Locked on Hawkeyes, Locked on Tar Heels crossover episode. We are going to talk to you about score predictions and all that good stuff rounded out here. So make sure you stay tuned and come back tomorrow because, again, we have certainly more to discuss as we recap the game. If UNC wins this game, what went right? Uh, If UNC wins this game, they had 10 turnovers or less. That's for damn sure. They had over 50% uh, from field goal percentage, or from free, sorry, shooting from three. And they made over 70% of their free throws because we have not made above 65%, which is honestly tragic because it's free throws, right? And I think at the end of the day if you can't get points or you can't try and stay in games at the free throw line what are you really doing? So I think that RJ and Caleb are going to be two guys who again are growing into themselves, but they are going to have to have their first grown man game I think for us to be like, okay, this team is turning turning heads. I also think that Garrison and Armando are going to have to step up and they're going to have to figure out that big man rotation and throw Dayron in there and and to me, honestly, if I'm going to be a hundred percent, Andrew Playtech, my Caucasian buddy, he's going to have to shoot, shoot a couple from behind the yard. I, I need him to do that. He hasn't done that consistently throughout his career. So if he does that, if Andrew starts shooting, then y'all are in trouble.
0: My buddies uh, love to rag on Playtex, so they're going to really appreciate it. <laughs> This is the first episode they're ever going to listen to. They hate Iowa. They hate giving me support. That's what kind of friends I have. But they do also love to hate on Playtex, so they're going to love that comment as well. Um,
1: <laughs> from- he's, been, he's been interesting. And I honestly, I hate the fact that, you know, when you go to a Carolina, you're expected to be at a certain level. And if you don't perform at, you know, astronomically amazing levels, and you're somehow mediocre. and I mean, it's hard, right? Carolina is a... Blue blood, you're supposed to be great, and he's had an interesting career. But I also think he hasn't had a lot of help around him to force him to play better in a lot of regards. To some of our grad transfers from last year, Christian Keeling didn't exactly shoot from lights out either. So I just think that it's hard to kind of take on that older classman, upperclassman role when you're not exactly fit for that position.
0: Absolutely, and I think from my perspective, am I surprised? I don't. Iowa wins if Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick, and Jordan Bohannon, two of the three, we don't need all three, just two of the three uh, go in double digits and shoot over 40% or, I mean, I'll take, I'll take 40%, 50% would be great. But two of those three guys need to get in double digits. We need to see a Joe Wieskamp hit his shots. Um, I do think Luca Garza, I don't have to say it's going to be, I think he's going to get 20 and 10 just because that's what he does every single game. I mean, it's about as consistent as a, you know, Toyota Corolla, uh, right? So I mean, he's, (laughs) <laughs> and I do be mean to equate him to a Toyota Corolla, but that, I mean, he's super consistent in that sense. Um, but I think the game goes through the, our guards here. If Joe Wieskamp, if a you know uh, Jordan Bohannon, if a CJ Frederick, if one, two of those three guys can get going, I think that's huge. And a Joe Toussaint, if he can force a few big plays um, from the backup guard position, that'll be huge. He's the one guy on our team who I truly feel like matches up athletically with UNC. So that'll be a lot of fun to see how that all all that balances out I last question I have for you though is yeah. uh, your your depth what is your depth like because Iowa does have a significant amount of depth with a lot of experience, so that might be an advantage. I'm just curious um what does your second string team look like?
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that too because Walker Kessler is the guy who's coming off the bench, but also Puff Johnson is getting a lot of play time. We saw last game though that we had almost i think we had five freshmen on the floor at one time uh during Texas game, which was, I think, one of the first times ever for Coach Williams. And they did okay, right? They did as good as you can expect. it for. They didn't blow it, which is what sometimes you feel like freshmen are going to do. But I think Puff Johnson is going to, he looks just like his brother Cam. I'm hoping that he shoots like his brother Cam. So he's going to be the guy that comes in and hopefully gets into the rotation and at least, you know, shoots something for three. Andrew Playtech again, as I mentioned, he's going to be a guy that's going to be good for, or key for us to not, you know, consistently mess it up. But when we look at the bigs and we look at Armando and you look at Garrison and Dayron, who is going to, I think the person who stays consistent is the one who stays out there the longest. But at the same time, I think Armando coming off the bench and giving you that energy is what's going to be, you know, uh, a sleeper. I would say Armando is a sleeper for me this year. I think Garrison has had a lot of hype about him. I think that he is going to have an interesting matchup against Luca being the ACC preseason uh, player of the year has put a lot of pressure on him and you can see that in his play and so hopefully he going up against Luca, he doesn't his feelings hurt <laughs> I'm hoping that he, he battles hard right because you don't want to get in the headspace of feeling like all this hype around me and I can't b- deliver or perform for the team that is Carolina whatever so I'm hoping that he ha- he needs to have the best game like if it's from an emotional standpoint if he like is able to stop go- Luca, all that good stuff like he has to have the best game but also he just needs to be able to pour into Dayron as well and just figure it out, honestly.
0: There you have it. That's what that's what needs to happen on the second string team. Candace, <laughs> last thing for you, who do you think wins?
1: uh i never well i said this on locked on irish i will never bet against my team so i always have to go with carolina as an alum as a graduate like i just can't do that born and bred right so i have yeah. to always say it's going to be carolina i think it's going to be close i think it's going to come down to free throws i'm hoping to god that carolina hits their free throws that night but when it's all said and done i really feel like this is a 75 71 end of score carolina wins
0: all right yeah i'm going to iowa obviously i'm on the same boat as you <laughs> i i I do think Iowa ma- doesn't match up great versus North Carolina, but I do ultimately think they will win. This is a huge test for them, and they're ready to step up. They want to show the world that they deserve that number three ranking, and they've been waiting for this for a while. That's why they all returned. That's why Luca Garza came back. He wants to win an NCAA title, and it starts with beating North Carolina um, in this game. So it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun. I will say this: I've had I've done eight crossover episodes throughout this season, including football yeah. and basketball. Every time the host has picked. Iowa to lose. Iowa has lost every time the host has picked <laughs> Iowa to win. Iowa wins, and not me. I mean, like the other host. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We will. We will see. I'm hoping that Fen doesn't hold <laughs> true <two> for you.
1: A hundred percent. Well, I will say the Big Ten and their whole basketball trajectory has been, you know, very interesting to see from someone who is born and bred with the ACC. And I think being in the top three conversation and having anything happen again this year It's going to be exciting for all conferences, right? Because yep. literally you can never blink. You saw the Michigan State Duke game and you're sitting here like, yeah, that came in crazy factor is a big deal. So like we mentioned before, not having that crowd is going to be like, you're going to have to show you can ball this season, kind of like how they did in the NBA bubble.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's huge. Big Ten has definitely been showing out as of late. Um, basically showing itself as one of the premier basketball conferences in the nation. Candace, it has been a blast. I hope we can chat more about this after Iowa wins. Um, but <laughs> any last words before we uh close out the show?
1: No, I appreciate your time. again, I hope that Luca just has an off day. He's been lights out, you know, the past three games that you've had, so maybe he could take a night off, and I'll be totally fine with that. Thank you again for having me. I look forward to coming back whenever.
0: Absolutely. I hope he doesn't have an off game. Thank you so much, Candice Cooper. <laughs>
1: Stay smart, stay safe out there, as we always do. I hope you guys have a great Tuesday. And as always, go Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.